Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Pranica, TV voice of the Grizzlies, and your host for the program. This is episode five of season two of the Grizz Weekly Grind, and a big show lined up for you today. Our friend of the program will be Dave Johnson, longtime radio voice of the Washington Wizards, who will break down the Wizards' early season success under new head coach Wes Unsell Jr. And we bring back 901 Knowledge. Memphis 901 FC, the USL championship side based in Memphis, is headed to the championship playoffs for the first time in club history and will visit with their head coach, Ben Pierman. That's coming up in 901 Knowledge. This episode of the Grizz Weekly Grind being brought to you today by the Hoop City Basketball Club. Since 2005, their mission has been to assist young student-athletes in grades 1 through 12 in developing a strong work ethic with discipline, responsibility, and accountability. Hoop City has helped young men be great on the court and in the community. Their alumni include major college and NBA players. If you'd like more information on how to become part of this great sports and character-building club, log on to HoopCityBC.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at HoopCityBC. As they say, it's in our blood. It's who we are in Hoop City. Well, in addition to the interviews today, of course, we'll have PD's points, but we start things off as we always do with That Was the Week That Was. Grizzlies at home for a two-game set against the Denver Nuggets. Nuggets had uh, come in with a two-game winning streak, winning over the weekend 93-91 in Minnesota. Uh, they come to Memphis on Monday night, and the Grizzlies get off to a fantastic start. 31-26 after one quarter. Both teams shooting very well. Both teams better than 50% plus. Denver just 2 of 10 from beyond the arc, and the Grizzlies forced four turnovers early, and that had been a problem for Denver throughout the early portion of the season. Turnovers way too high for them. Uh, Grizzlies would uh, see their lead trimmed down to two, it was 60-58 to 58 at halftime. John Morant with a 10-point second quarter, 14 for the half. Nikola Jokic with eight in the second quarter, 15 for the first half. But the Denver Nuggets really struggling from the three-point line, just 2 of 15. Grizzlies, meanwhile, 7 of 17, and that was a big reason why they still had the lead going to the locker room. Third quarter, Grizzlies doing a good job. They forced six turnovers in the third quarter. And Denver, again, struggling from the three-point line, just two of nine. And the Grizzlies lead at 82-73 after three quarters, despite 23-7 and seven assists from Nikola Jokic. John Morant now 20 points through three quarters to go along with seven assists. Grizzlies would uh, just maintain the pace the rest of the way, and they would close out a 106-97 victory over the Denver Nuggets, even though the Grizzlies turned it over four times in the fourth quarter, got kind of nervy there for a little bit, but the Grizzlies go on to win it 106 to 97. John Morant, 26 points, eight assists for him. Nikola Jokic, solid effort from him, 23 points, seven boards, seven assists, four block shots for him as well. But Will Barton, who had struggled in the uh, game preceding this one at Minnesota, only one of eight from the floor and 0 of two from three for just four points. Of course, the Denver Nuggets are missing Jamal Murray, who's recovering from that left knee injury. Not sure exactly when he will come back. But the Grizzlies put up 58 in the paint, and they go on to win at 106-297. Grizzlies go to 4-3, and and the Nuggets fall to 4-3 and on the basis of that game on Monday night. So, Wednesday, same two teams at FedEx Forum. Little bit of a different game in this one, although the Grizzlies got off to another fantastic start. You'll remember 
Coming into the Monday game against Denver, Grizzlies had led after one quarter only once all season, and that was at Portland. They didn't win the game. In fact, got blown out, of course. Grizzlies shoot 68% in the first quarter. They make 7 of 11 from 3. Zaire Williams, the rookie out of Stanford, 9 first quarter points, 3 of 4 from the corner for 3. And the Grizzlies get off to a dazzling start, leading at one point by as many as 20 points. Um, Balance scoring. Zaire Williams off the bench with nine. Kyle Anderson with seven. Grizzlies get off to a great start. Hmm. Maybe this is going to be a cakewalk. No, probably not. Uh, Will Barton caught fire in the second quarter. Ten points for him in the period. And the Grizzlies struggled from three after they had been so hot in the first quarter. They make just one of six from the long line in the second quarter. Kyle Anderson leading all scores with 14 points at the break. However... After the Grizzlies outscored the Nuggets 37-19 in the first quarter, Nuggets outscored the Grizzlies 36-19 in the second quarter. And at halftime, Denver had a 15-2 edge in fast break points. Nuggets would continue to roll into the third quarter. They get another big quarter from Will Barton. Eight for him in the third. Eight for Jokic in the third. Nobody for the Grizzlies with more than six in the third. John Morant had six. And all of a sudden, it's a five-point Denver lead 83 to 78. At one point, they led by as many as 10. So you got 30 point turnaround in here and 16 lead changes and four ties through three quarters. And again, Denver dominant in the paint. They're plus 12 in the paint through three quarters. 21 to 9 now is the fast break advantage. We go to the fourth quarter and the Grizzlies dig in deep and they, uh, they get a big quarter. Really. Not a huge quarter from anybody except Jaron Jackson Jr. Now, Jaron hit a three late in the third quarter to get the Grizzlies within five points, and then Jaron would go on to score 11 of his 22 in the fourth quarter. Jaron also 3-4-3 three, three from three in the fourth quarter. Also provided some pretty good defense for the Grizzlies in the quarter as well. Meanwhile, Nikola Jokic doing what all-stars and MVPs do. Came up with a 13-point fourth quarter. He would finish with 34-11. and 11. Uh, Down the stretch, John Morant split a pair of free throws, giving the Grizzlies a 108-106 lead. Ball in the hands of Nikola Jokic with about eight seconds. He works his way to the foul line, tries a short jumper. Great contest by Jaron Jackson Jr. I'm not sure that he blocked it. May have gotten a fingernail on it, but certainly a great contest. No foul, and the shot from Jokic comes up short. The buzzer sounds. The streamers fall, and the Grizzlies win it 108-106 over the Denver Nuggets. So the Grizzlies, a rare circumstance of consecutive victories over the Denver Nuggets, and the Grizzlies now 5-3 and three through eight games. Nuggets go home to start a five-game homestand. They are 4-4 four and four on the season. Grizzlies will go to Washington for a Friday night tilt before they come back and take on the Minnesota Timberwolves on Monday. And that was the week that was. Grizzlies go 2-0 over the Denver Nuggets. Let's get to some Petey's points real quickly here before we get to the interviews because those are the real high highlights of the show. Uh, Petey's point number one, well, we got to see good Jaron in the second game against the Denver Nuggets. Stayed out of foul trouble, produced threes, produced in the paint. Uh, you know, Jaron, when he is on, and he certainly was on on Wednesday night against the Denver Nuggets, he's going to be tough to beat. Uh, I don't know that he's thinking, wow, I just signed a $100 million contract. I got to do, do this, that, or the other. 
his heart is in the right place. His work ethic is in the right place. If you watch him in pregame warmups, you will see him doing his pregame warmups at game speed. There are some guys that come out for warmups, and I'm not just saying anybody particularly on the Grizzlies, and it, and it happens with a lot of players. They come out, they warm up, and they do it kind of at, at half speed. Jaron is working up a full sweat, and he is going at game speed, trying to uh, simulate what he's going to have to do in the game. Uh, and so I give him a ton of credit. Probably has to be a little bit more disciplined defensively. Don't reach, don't grab, move your feet, uh, and, and just don't take fouls if you really don't have to. The fact of the matter is, when you look at the advanced ratings, the Grizzlies offense is at its best when Jaron Jackson Jr. is on the floor. Doesn't mean he's got to score all the time, but the fact that he can space the floor, that he can screen, that he can roll, he can finish at the rim, he can make threes, because he is such a varied player, he needs to be on the floor. And... I think Jaron is trying so hard sometimes, particularly defensively. He's trying to do things that he probably shouldn't try to do, be a little bit more disciplined defensively. Wasn't in foul trouble, didn't have to alter the rotations because of foul trouble on Wednesday night against the Denver Nuggets, and as a result, he gets three rhythm threes, really four if you count the one late in the third quarter, makes them all, and finishes with 22 points, and the Grizzlies get the win against one of the better teams in the Western Conference. So... It's that type of effort that you want from Jaron Jackson Jr. Not only effort, I mean, the effort is, it's not that the effort isn't there. The effort's always there. It's the production. And he can produce the best when he's not worried about fouls, when he's kind of staying in his lane and staying disciplined defensively. Those are the things that Jaron really needs to do. This is what makes Jaron Jackson Jr. so scintillating for Grizzlies fans. This is how good he can be. You just want to see it on a night-in, night-out basis. And, and maybe we, we will get that eventually, and that would be great for this basketball team because I think John Moran is going to continue to do what he does. He will continue to be spectacular. The question is, can he get other guys to go along? I mean, those of you who heard the interview uh, with Mark J. Spears in Episode 4 of Season 2 – uh, you know, he calls him John the Miracles. He needs needs a, a really reliable sidekick. And can Jaron Jackson Jr. be that reliable sidekick? He can be the sidekick. We know that. Can he be the reliable sidekick? That's the question that's on the table at the moment. PD's point number two, Grizzlies 5-3 and three through eight games without Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks on Wednesday participated in some workouts with the Memphis Hustle, the Grizzlies G League affiliate. Simulated game, getting really close to returning. No date, no timetable has been put on it publicly, but sooner or later he's going to be back. Grizzlies miss his size on the wing. They miss his defensive presence on the wing. But the fact that the Grizzlies go 5-3, and three, you have a win over the Clippers, two wins over the Denver Nuggets, uh, you know, it, and, and a win over the Golden State Warriors tells me that you are really doing some good things with his basketball team right now. So, uh, you know, you don't have Dylan Brooks for this period of time. Of course, that hurts. But anybody, I think, after eight games with this schedule and a four-game Western road trip, you'll be 5-3 and three after eight. I think pretty much anybody would sign up for that. Final PD's point, look, when this team is locked in, they're really, really good. And you saw that in this homestand. Grizzlies came back off the Western road trip Big win at Golden State. A number of the players went to a concert the night before the Miami game. Were they really ready to play against Miami? I I don't know. Look, look, Miami, the way Miami shot the ball and the way Miami is playing right now, I mean, they wrecked Dallas a few nights ago. Uh, The the way Miami was shooting, nobody was going to beat them anyway. But I think Taylor Jenkins was less than thrilled with the the effort level. He can live with 100% effort and a loss. What he can't live with is sub-100% effort 
and a loss. Um, and I think that's what you got Monday against the Miami Heat. Uh, did the guys enjoy the concert too much? Maybe. Don't know. But look, they, they came out. They, they weren't locked in. They weren't focused against the, uh, against the Miami Heat on Saturday night. And, and they got their doors blown off. But they come back. Uh, they got some time in their own beds. They take on a Denver Nuggets team that have been playing some, some pretty good basketball, particularly on the defensive end. And the Grizzlies take care of business in two consecutive games. Uh, tells me that when this team is locked in, when they are focused, they can be really good. And as Mark J. Spears said in the previous episode, this is a basketball team that can beat anybody, they can lose to anybody. And I think the, the, the key for them is are you locked in? You know, is your game plan discipline going to be there? If your effort and game plan discipline are there, you're going to have a chance to beat anybody in the NBA. If you are lacking game plan discipline, if you do not bring the effort at 100%, if you don't stay true to the habits that you have ingrained in practice, then you can lose to anybody. It, it, it can happen that way. So uh, this is a Grizzlies team, like I said. They lock in. They are really, really good. And certainly, we, as we all know, they are fun to watch because John Morant, the 360 spin against Denver on, on Wednesday night was, was just phenomenal. And he continues to impress people all over the league. So that's enough for PD's points for today. We got a couple of great interviews to get to, and we want to do that in a little bit. But first, I want to tell you that today's show is being brought to you, as always, by DraftKings Sportsbook. The NBA is back in at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. The key to victory is a strong starting five. New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. So why not make your roster Washington, 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 and um, that other guy, Washington. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get skin in the game with same-game parlays. So you can combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and you win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager is required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Grizzlies on a one-game road trip. They will fly to Washington, D.C. on Thursday afternoon. Friday night, they will take on the Washington Wizards at Capital One Arena. To preview that game, we bring in our friend of the program. He is Dave Johnson, the longtime radio voice of the Washington Wizards, also the longtime voice of D.C. United of Major League Soccer. Good friend, great guy. Uh, we will touch on what's going on with the Washington Wizards. And for those of you who are not familiar with Dave Johnson, uh, his mother contracted MS and passed away from the disease. And a couple years ago, Dave Johnson was diagnosed with progressive multiple sclerosis. And he continues to fight that disease, to be an advocate for it, to raise funds and awareness for it. And so that's part of our conversation as well. Here's today's friend of the program, Dave Johnson of the Washington Wizards. Dave, your team is off to a really good start, 5-2, and two, as we have our conversation today. Wes Unsell Jr. moves over from the Denver Nuggets to take over, the son of one of the greatest Washington basketball players of all time. What has his impact been with your squad? Well, I think he has come in, and, and it, it's true to his nature, and I've known 
you know, Wes uh, Unsell Jr. since we called him Little Wes. And Big Wes was very much uh, our franchise le- legend and one of the finest human beings I've ever met in my life, uh, Wes Unsell Sr. And, and uh, you know, he has come in and and it's it's the way I thought he would come in. He didn't come in saying, all right, I know all the answers. I know the right way. I, I'm going to, you know, fix everything. He came in and, and has listened to the players, collaborated. And and I think because of that, you you see great chemistry, uh, surprisingly great chemistry from a team not only that is adapting to a new coach uh, and a new system, but this is really a brand-new team. Brand-new team, big addition, Spencer Dinwiddie. I've always liked his game, might be one of those guys who – like Chris Middleton of Milwaukee perpetually Actually, you know flies Pete, under the radar. Pete, Pete, before I'm sorry, we're taping, right? Yep. Can we? You know, I. Got- oh. You mentioned new additions, Dave Spencer Dinwiddie, one of those guys who perpetually flies under the radar, but is always a solid NBA player. What has he meant to the Wizards? Well, he, you know, he, he does fly under the radar, and even more so under the radar because he only played three games last year uh, because of a, a knee injury. And uh, what he brings is is uh, the ability to be an aggressive driver, uh, to take some of the scoring pressure off of Bradley Beal, but also a, a wonderful facilitator. And more uh, so, I, I think he fits into what this personality of this this team that I'm sensing is developing. You have a collection of players as they, that are getting an opportunity in Washington. And Spencer Dinwiddie has said this beautifully. He appreciates so much uh, the Brooklyn Nets, the opportunity to grow with the Brooklyn Nets, but he also appreciates uh, the opportunity to prove the Wizards right, that the Wizards were right in betting on him after the poor health last year uh, and and the knee injury. And he sees this as a situation, as he said, you know, I want to make this a a place where Bradley Beal wants to continue to be because we can form something here. And that is in line with, you know, Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell Pope, I don't know if you want to say chips on shoulders, but they come in viewing Washington as a, as a wonderful opportunity for them to, to write their own chapter. And, and so um, Dinwiddie fits in with a mold of uh, Bradley Beal does not need to be the leading scorer every night. In fact, he's not shooting well, and the Wizards are off to a good start. Also another guy, Montrez Harrell, added to the yes. roster as well. So uh, – Tommy Shepard's done a really good job of, of bringing some quality players in. And, of course, Bradley Beal has been an all-star caliber player for a number of years with your club. Was there any distraction with the COVID and then the fact, is Beal going to stay? Is he going to go? Because John Wall had already departed. Had that been any type of a distraction that Wes Unsell Jr. had to address? You know, not 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 really the the um... – you know the the COVID situation. If you're you're referring to Bradley Beal, you know as, as the first media day press conference was talking about at that point not being uh, you know vaccinated. That was kind of a a one day story, and it really did not linger through training camp. And and uh, um, and you know the the rumors about Bradley is now here in Washington. It falls under the category of white noise. You just you expect a rumor to pop up or somebody to say so and so reports or or whatever, but uh, all you can go by is, is facts. And the reality is that, that Bradley Beal, uh, you know, did not have to sign that contract extension, and he did. So, uh, as we know, nothing is ever permanent in the NBA for a lot of reasons, uh, because that's it's a fluid business and teams change and personnel change and goals change. 
But right now, you know, he's very much wants to be in Washington. He's very much uh, been a part of this this process. And and uh, you know, Tommy Shepard's goal has been to, to surround Bradley Beal with the right quality of players that can advance this story. Again, this is a a team that that did make the playoffs, but it it, it didn't. You know, Russell Westbrook, we know we knew was never a long term option, or at least you didn't believe it. It wasn't a long term contract. Uh, and, and so the fact that Tommy Shepard was able to make that deal and get players, suddenly we had a, a team with options and, and versatility. And that's that's what's playing out so far in this season. So has that been really the, the, the big story for Washington? You bring in a lot of new guys, a lot of new talented guys, and Wes Unseld has been able to pull them together. I mean, has that been the, the overarching storyline for your team so far? Yeah, I think it's uh, it, it's a case where you know you take a, a good uh, young assistant coach who certainly has come in and, and paid more dues than probably any coach ever has, and and also I believe uh, has a, a coaching DNA that no one in the NBA has. That I'm aware of, there's not one of the 30 NBA coaches grew up in a championship locker room with a Hall of Fame player as his father. So how do you, how do you measure that, that that's in him? Uh, when when that, that was your life growing up, and your dad was Wes Unsell, one of the now 75 greatest players to ever play the game. And you're in a championship locker room with the, the Bobby Dandridges uh, and, and the other players that, that led the team to that championship, Eldon Hayes, in, in 1978. And so that, that was... You know, I, I don't think any of us can imagine what that's like because that's not our experience. But I think anybody listening to this, if, if you're if you follow in your father's footsteps, if we will, whatever profession, a doctor, a lawyer or whatever, it has to feel more natural because that's all you knew from the, your earliest memory. Well, all Wes Unsell Jr. knew from his earliest memory was the NBA. So who else has that? So uh, but 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 he didn't live on that, live on his father's name. Uh, I watched him as an intern. I saw the hours he put in. And as, as Phil Chenier said, uh, you know, Wes uh, Jr. is a very educated uh, person who had options. He went graduated from Johns Hopkins. You might have heard of it. It's a pretty good school. <laughs> it's a pretty good school, school yeah. Based in, in Baltimore. Um, and he decided he wanted to give this basketball thing, so to speak, a try. And his dad said, well, I'll, I'll give him an opportunity, you know, with, with the team. But I'm, I'm not going to you know, cut any corners for him. And, and as Phil Chenier said, not only did his dad probably not cut any corners for him, he probably made it harder for him because that's that's the kind of person Wes Unseld Sr. was, who was all about uh, integrity and, and and hard work. So uh, I know this is a long way of answering your question, but I think it, it plays a role in why, you know, Wes is, it's early and it, there's going to be bumps in the road and he knows that, but why he's been able to come in and adapt so well to to not only a new team for him, but then a team that's trying to get used to playing with one another. That's a really interesting perspective. Our friend of the program today on the Grizz Weekly Grind is Dave Johnson, the longtime radio voice of the Washington Wizards, and also a brilliant 25-year career as the voice of D.C. United, of MLS. And, uh, Dave, I, I know that you have gone through a situation. Your mother had multiple sclerosis. You are battling that as well, and you have become a tremendous advocate for MS support. This podcast has national distribution. 
Tell us a little bit about your fight with MS, how you're doing, and how people can support financially uh, the battle against MS. Well, it is a disease. I appreciate the time that, that uh, is, I'm told, the most expensive uh, disease to, to treat. And, and so the need is great through the National Multiple Sclerosis Society, which, which I work closely with. We just uh, you know, raised a, a lot of funds with DC United, the Major League Soccer team, and Lido's a great sponsor. We twenty thousand dollars we were able to raise, and then in addition, we did another ten thousand. In a, in a believe it or not, I was captain of a bike team, even though I couldn't ride a bicycle. But I was a captain, and I've got a jersey uh, to prove it. But um, it, you know, it's it's a unpredictable um, uh, brain disease, for lack of a better way of saying it. It's a disease of the, uh, the central uh, nervous system. Uh, you know, back when. Uh, my mom was alive. There were no options. And it, sadly, it, it claimed her at, at the age of 43. It can affect people in, in different ways. There's, there's different types of multiple sclerosis. Uh, there's relapsing and remitting where some days are good, some days are bad. There's, there's secondary. And then the kind I have is progressive multiple sclerosis, which means that my symptoms never change. You just hope um, that they don't progressively get worse because it essentially is your body attacking itself. So, uh, and I may not be the, the best medical expert, but at least this is why I understand it. Um, and so I'll get an infusion twice a year from a wonderful drug that is the only drug that, that works on this kind of uh, multiple sclerosis has only been out for three years. Um, but it, it's, it's $75,000 in an infusion. So it's a, it's very expensive drug, uh, but it's, it's very needed because it's, it's, it seems to be, while I'm regress, regressing in some areas, it seems to be slowing that that regression, or you hope it is. So, um, it, you know, we've been able to raise awareness about multiple sclerosis. It's a, it's a disease you can fight and that you can live with, but uh, we're, we're certainly appreciative of, of uh, uh, the support. And, and as I've said many times, that I've got to believe there's a reason I was given it because I thought I was done with it when my mom died when I was 15 years old. And I thought, well, that's good riddance, multiple sclerosis. And and now it's back in my life. Well, I, I've seen how the book ends once. It's it's going to be end differently this time, and, and I'm going to make sure of that. Well, Dave, it's great to talk to you as always. Really looking forward to seeing you and Glenn Consor and the rest of the Wizards crew when we uh, get out to D.C. later this week. I really do appreciate the time, and uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you so much. And, and again, if anybody wants to donate, add Dave J Sports on Twitter. I have a link there to help out the MS folks, but I appreciate the time. Wizards will be coming off a loss to the Toronto Raptors at home on Wednesday night when they face the Grizzlies uh, at Capital One Arena. Uh, Television information game, of course, on Bally Sports Southeast, 5.30 for Grizzlies Live, presented by Ford and Mid-South Ford Dealers, then a 6 o'clock Central Time tip between the Grizzlies and the Wizards. Our thanks to Dave Johnson for stopping by and making time out of his busy schedule for a visit. Uh, as we talked about, uh, Dave Johnson is also the voice of DC United of Major League Soccer and Big Soccer News in Memphis as 901 FC makes the USL Championship playoffs for the first time in their history. They finish the regular season with a record of 14 wins, 10 defeats, and 8 draws under Ben Pierman. First full season for Ben Pierman as the Coach of Memphis 901 FC. Memphis 901 FC wins their final two matches of the season to get to third in their division. They will face Charlotte Independence. That match will kick off from Charlotte at 6 o'clock Memphis time. 
Local viewers can see it on CW30, and you can also see a stream, which I believe will be the Charlotte feed on ESPN+. Plus. Again, that kicks at 6 o'clock Central Time on Saturday. Locally, I will have the call. Very happy to uh, remain part of the broadcast crew for Memphis 901 FC. And uh, to preview that match and to talk about the season just gone by, uh, we give you some 901 knowledge with the head coach, or if you prefer the football term, manager of Memphis 901 FC. Here's Ben Pierman. Ben, we last chatted on the podcast. Uh, I think it was the day that it was officially announced that you were going to become the manager of Memphis 901 FC. As you look back over the season, what has been the biggest storyline from the first day of training to now qualifying for the USL Championship playoffs? Well, I mean, I think there's there's a couple couple ways to to answer that. Obviously, you know, the fact that we've had a, a good, successful season. Um, you know, the players earning, earning the, the accolades and most importantly, the advancement to the playoffs has been the biggest priority. And then from there, you know, we, we got to 50 points, we got third place. We ended up finishing um, 11th out of all 31 teams in the entire league, you know, above a couple of clubs like Colorado Springs and San Diego, who, who, who do things very well in their own regard um, you know, so that was number one. The second thing for me, and, and this is probably more from a coach's perspective, is you know we just wanted to keep getting better every single day. We we continue to want to con- to improve, um, but you know it was there was some tough going there, and like you said, there were maybe some potential barriers of why we we couldn't be successful. But we just focus on removing those barriers, getting better, and then and then trying to play the best football as possible. And I think the second half of the season, we really really. Um, put our foot on the gas and took more and more steps forward, even with injuries and other suspensions and all that. Every player who's played has done a really big part and helped this this club succeed. When you look back at the season, and I know now you look back at the regular season and, and, and maybe you can find turning points. I think about that Birmingham match. You're down two goals to one at home. You draw level in stoppage time. And then one of the most remarkable goals, I don't care what level of football you're playing from Raul Gonzalez to win it in extra time. Did that provide a little bit of, of a boost for this team to, 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 to get really right with their form and to make the spirited run into the postseason? I think so. I think it's, it's obviously natural to have such an emotional I've never been a part of anything like that. I asked Roland Lama, who's played in the Premier League. He's played in La Liga. He's been in the Belgian Nash team. I said, have you ever experienced that? He said, no, that was, it was crazy. It was crazy. So for, for us, yes, there was the emotional side. We actually played a really good game and we're, we're hard done to be even be losing there. Um, But if you look at it in the context of the season, we were kind of going through a stretch where things just weren't quite going our way and that helped you know, tilt it back in our direction. Then we went out and we lost a game against Miami, but I was, I was, I was pleased because we played really well and we just didn't win the game. And I knew if we kept doing what we do well, we just continue continue to do it a little bit better that we'd be a, a playoff team and keep pushing on. So, I mean, that, that goal was crazy. I was so proud for Raul being, being a university of Memphis graduate and being one of the first signings in club history. And then obviously, you know, beating your rival and getting three points at home. Obviously, as a manager, you don't want to have to use four keepers throughout the course of the season, two, maybe three. You were forced to use four, five, if you count Mark Segbers in in the emergency situation. But with Tim Howard as your sporting director, I guess you're going to find some really good keepers. All four of your keepers made the championship 
team of the week at some point. I mean, yeah. how amazing is that to have four different keepers and to have that level of quality in between the sticks night after night? It, it's it, it's crazy as well. I mean, for us, those guys put in more work than anybody else. They they grind, they grind, they grind. They work their tails off. Um, you know, so like you said, Burner, Brady, Morton, um, obviously Cody Cropper here the second half of the season. He, Jake Galnovich hasn't hasn't played yet, but he's been tremendous for us as a in training as well. And then, like you mentioned, Mark Segbers at the end of the Atlanta game early on. Um, they've just done what's required for, from the team's perspective. And, and like you said, there's a lot of reasons why those guys potentially shouldn't be successful um, with potential barriers that are in the way. And they just go about their business every single day. And that's really been the focus is just control what we can influence, take care of our own business, and, and we'll be successful. All right. You have the first postseason match in club history coming up on Saturday night. It will be at six o'clock central time. It can be seen on CW 30 and ESPN plus. Uh, I'm very happy that I'll be able to have the call of that with Tim Van Horn. You look at the Charlotte independent side, they have some dynamic goal scores. Dane Kelly, no matter what shirt he's wearing, he's always scoring goals. And Irvin Parra also has 11 goals for Charlotte independence. Give us your scouting report and what's important against Charlotte on Saturday night. Yeah, they have they have very good individuals, but they also um, what they do in the attack is they have they have very good spacing. They play a three four three system where they they push three guys centrally in between our our back four, really try to make us suffer in those moments. And then you know probably one of their biggest names and, and one of their better players in club history is Enzo Martinez. He's been playing a little bit more in the middle of midfield. Um, so they 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 <clears throat> they have good individuals, but they're a really incredible team. They they make opponents move around. They really make opponents adapt to them. So we have to make sure we stick to what we want to do and impose ourselves on them, both with with the ball and without. Um, but we'll we'll be ready for it. They're very good. I saw last night on the USL show that um, two of the three experts picked them for the final, and one of them picked them to win it. So you know we're not worried. We're not worried about that stuff. But we also know that we have a very respectable opponent. We need to we need to play a really good game to to come out of there in advance. How gratifying is it for a guy like Leston Paul, who has been through the good times and the not so good times with the club, to finally uh, make it into the postseason? You know, both Leston Paul and and Raul Gonzalez are two players from from day one. Um, you know, personally, we're excited for for me because I'm the other guy around that's been here since day one. Um, and I said, look, guys, this is this is all about you. This is all about the team. Um, but it was almost like those guys had an even extra sigh of relief and a breath of fresh air because they've been through a good, bad, indifferent COVID pandemic. You know, it's it, we've experienced it all in our our under three years. So, um, you know, I was excited for those guys. I'm ex- that was team goal number one. Um, now we want to keep pushing, obviously, and, and continue to achieve other goals, but. Um, you know, for those guys, I was just so excited for them to be able to advance to the playoffs, and they've really, really deserved it. Great opportunity for Memphis 901 FC comes a cropper on Saturday night when they face Charlotte Independence first round of the USL Championship playoffs. Ben Pierman, thank you so much for the time. Congratulations on making the postseason, and best of luck Saturday night. Thanks for having me. So an exciting time in Memphis sports. Memphis Tigers uh, basketball ramping up. 
Uh, you've got Memphis 901 FC headed into the USL Championship playoffs and the Grizzlies 5-3 and three through their first eight games and uh, showing some real all-star caliber play from John Morant. So a lot of good stuff in Memphis right now in the sports world and glad that we were able to uh, share some of that with you here on the Grizz Weekly Grind, which has been brought to you today by the Hoop City Basketball Club and by DraftKings Sportsbook. We thank them for their continued support of this podcast hope you're enjoying it please rate please review please subscribe this has been episode five season two of the grizz weekly grind a proud affiliate of the basketball podcast network i'm pete pranka thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time